Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. It is time now for our Friday morning coffee break and delighted to welcome to the studio three good friends of the Limerick Today show. Solicitor Ger O'Neill, you're welcome, Ger. Morning, uh, blogger Jen Rowland. Hi, uh, Jen. Good morning. And uh, Man About Town. Rapscallion. Were any of you Lorenzo'd? I certainly, here, threw, yeah. Yeah, I certainly threw a lot of whiskey at it last night. You know, so there's a storm in me right now. I think I have absorbed it. And um, was that a little <laughs> bit of trepidation? No, uh, I was over at my sister's, so we said we'd have a few drinks and listen to the, the weather. Actually, we probably made more noise than the storm did. It was out in Bardeen. Hmm. I think the coast got most of the battering, though, did yeah, it? Yeah. We weren't too bad. I don't know, how was it inside in the city, actually? Was I, was... I took the dog out for a walk at oh, about yeah. half past eight last night and uh, went out the canal. It was, no, but yeah. I think it did come in overnight. And I think, yeah. I know that there's, you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment about people. You can't even have a gust of wind now without weather warnings in yellow, weather alerts and all yeah. that. But in fairness, if, you know, I saw an example a few years ago during that, uh, the, the other hurricane where a roof opposite mm. me, a corrugated roof, literally took off with one gust. Yeah. And I kind of saw, yeah, a little bit of a warning, be careful. But yeah. it mm. certainly didn't have the effect I thought it might last night. Mm. My, my weather app described it as a strong breeze. <laughs> And I survived. That's some weather app, isn't it? Um, it is difficult, though, for the authorities, you know, because they yeah. really can't win here. You know, if they give warnings well in advance and it isn't as bad in a particular place mm. as was expected, they're criticised for that. Obviously, if they go in the other direction yeah. and something terrible happens, then they're blamed for that. Yeah. You're better off erring on the side of... I'm a little bit of a cynic because I think that what... Now, maybe I'm wrong and you in the media, Joe, you'll know all about this, but, you know... The media rely on viewership and listenership and all of this. And a couple of years ago, I started to Not notice yet. this thing <laughs> that was going on where you were making these big news alerts and then what was happening, people had to tune in. I remember the day of the hurricane a few years ago where literally I sat for about seven hours and watched RTE News as if the world was ending, as if Kennedy was assassinated. <laughs> and, you know, their viewership must have been massive and they must have been delighted with what they got. And as a result, maybe turn around and go, you know what, every time we get a bit of a wind, we'll just we'll get Theresa Mannion to stand in the prom and go. <laughs> To be a little bit cynical like Nigel, there was no mention of delays in, in, in the A&E, overcrowding, etc. We'll get a couple of uh, days out of weather warning. Is there a little bit of distraction going on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do take Nigel's point. You know, it can be a good story. I will say, though, that uh, Dennis Tierney from Limerick City and County Council was with us in the third hour of yesterday's show. And he mm. did flag at that point that it was an orange warning, we were in it, there were concerns about high tides, but that the information was we wouldn't be hit as hard as other counties in the orange warning area. And that that is pretty much um, what happened. But at the same time, who knows who took the advice and stayed in last night, who might otherwise have been in the wrong place um, at the wrong time. And of course, my favourite moment on Twitter, I saw you on Twitter, Nigel, (laughs) and lots of others last night, um, was uh, when somebody said, oh, don't worry about Storm Lorenzo. It's the storm that's coming next week that you really (laughs) want to worry about. And I just went, okay, I'm switching Twitter off now. I've just had it. My anxiety level are way too high and then you know and I mean I know other people had power down and that kind of thing but yeah. I was woken up at a quarter past five this morning by a gust of wind 
so there was, there was a lot of kind of I think I slept through I said well I had a great reason to sleep through but um, you, you don't seem particularly worried for me there Jen on, I like know the, I'm very sorry oh, it must oh, have been terrifying sorry. Okay, oh, no, you can carry on now. don't <laughs> mistake my calm mixture I was worried inside <laughs> internally <laughs> yeah <laughs> but partying wasn't too bad because I thought now um, out in uh, partying where we were that uh, I was expecting maybe some leaks or you know because there was conservatory as well and I thought jeepers that'll be going 90 and uh, went our power outage because normally it would be they would get a power outage, but we didn't. So I think in that term, it was considered a, a successful night of no, you know. So it was grand out our way. Um, out in Palace now, I must check with the sister and see how they were. But they had battened down all the hatches out there. You know, the trampolines were all sort of taken down, yes. down, and and which again uh, is important to do. Yes, yeah, because these things just they do take off. And uh, but um, I don't think she had a power cut or anything like that because they always any bit of a storm, even without a warning, if it's a bad storm, they'll get like a power cut. So they always have to be on standby. Um, yes. So I don't think it was too bad anyway. Up the country, I know there was a few power outages. but Okay. Yeah. Well, I've been waiting to move on to this uh, subject because <laughs> I've uh, been interested all week to see would Nigel spontaneously yeah. combust. Uh, when <laughs> we were I talking about this outside, actually. <laughs> the O'Connell Street yeah. revitalisation plan, which was passed by councillors <laughs> oh. this week and doesn't feature specific pest, pe- pe- pest, pest. Pest, <laughs> pesticide. Doesn't. <laughs> feature specific pedestrianisation of any zone Nigel yeah Um, I think it's a huge missed opportunity Um, I was saying to someone the other day I'm 10 years back in in Limerick almost to the day and I Mm. came back at a time when I thought Limerick was maybe down on itself it was down on itself we'd come through some bad times and over what I think we've achieved over 10 years massively in Limerick is how we put out messaging about ourselves and how we tell the world that Limerick is a great place I then have to ask myself over that 10-year period, have we really in the city centre made any inroads in terms of making it a fundamentally good Mm. place to be living, working and playing in? And I'm really, really challenged by that. And I think that the opportunity we had in terms of O'Connell Street was to create a spine through our city centre that would become a destination, a place for people to congregate. I know mm. I've seen Ger often on Little Catherine Street. I know it's a microcosm of this, but Little Catherine Street is a classic example of how where they took traffic off, gave it back to people. And now there's competition almost on that street to be the better frontage, to have more mm. people sitting outside, even in, in wet and windy weather. So I won't go on too long on this, but I just feel that... What we were given with O'Connell Street and when I heard the Chamber of Commerce coming out with a certain message and I heard other people, I, I thought that there was a very good argument for a really radical, brave, visionary approach to O'Connell Street. I thought the people that got involved in that debate knew what they were talking about. They were using good case studies. I think that what we ended up given and then what came out last week was, I think it might have been an email that was circulating across a few different people which suggested that the National Transport Authority and the local authority have got together. There is this thing called a transport strategy for Limerick. Now, I would have argued that when Limerick launched the 2030 strategy about six years ago, seven years ago, the first thing we should have looked at was a transport strategy for our city and its outside. Because if we were going to be getting more people living and working and playing within the city centre, we need to know how to move them around. We didn't do that. Other cities did. So we're now working on this transport strategy. In the meantime, before we had the transport strategy launched, we do this plan for O'Connell Street. And it's all about trying to make people, it's a people-centric approach. Mm. And then I hear that the Transport Authority and the local authority have come together and are looking at making it a 
two-way bus corridor when the transport strategy is launched. That is not about a space for people. That Mm. is a space which is going to be used to get buses from one side to the other. And I think we've fundamentally failed in in what we were trying to achieve at O'Connell Street. Yeah. But you constantly hear rumours about certain areas that are going to be pedestrianised. It's up there with Marks and Spencer coming. It's you know, I'm of the type of not? mind where yeah, oh sure they have yeah. Um, but like it's like I'll believe it when I see it because I just read through these things and I just get white noise because how many times have we seen articles? There's this going to happen and that, and all I see at the moment is a, a really weird area outside Pennies that I don't know what it's doing and they've got like the little pop up. I would prefer to see empty shop fronts being used actually mm. first. Um, so fill the street with lots of, you know, like pop-up shops or whatever. Give them to people to use. Since nobody's clearly renting or leasing the spaces, um, set up a few pop-up shops because there's nothing that kills the spirit. Yeah, but I'll, I'll argue on this, just, uh, just on the pop-up shops. When we were in the middle of a recession age years ago, we were full of empty shops and mm. I was part of this thing. Oh, let's do something with pop-up shops and make empty shops look good. Yeah. We have come through all of that rubbish over the last eight years, we shouldn't have empty shop units in our no, city centre anymore. And the reason we do have them is because there's no one coming into town. It is not a nice destination. Yeah. There's no footfall. With no footfall comes no investment in retail. With nobody living here in the evening time comes no new investment in restaurants and bars and new places. So I think our city is as stagnant as it was when I arrived home 10 years ago. Mm. The only thing that's changed is we're telling everyone it's amazing. Okay, well, stay, stay with me. I want to bring you in. Uh, I just need to take a very short break. Obviously, this is uh, a big subject and uh, the decision made this week is going to have consequences uh, mm. for all of us, uh, for our children and maybe for our children's children uh, as well. Nigel Dugdale, Jen Ronan and Jerry O'Neill are with us and we're back in just a second. I'll let Jerry in then. We're in the middle of our Friday morning coffee break. Uh, Ger O'Neill, Jen Rowland and Nigel Dugdale are with us and uh, we're in the middle of a pretty passionate discussion about the O'Connell Street revitalisation plans in Limerick City Centre that were given the green light uh, by uh, councillors. Actually, metropolitan area councillors gave it the green light, not the uh, full councillors. That's the way it works. Uh, Ger, um, what are your thoughts? Well... We're, we all love Limerick. We all think it's great, but it's a hidden secret out there. And we've got to get people into the city from the suburbs, but also from all around Ireland. Interesting parallel. When I was young, Grafton Street in Dublin had the same debate. Buses went up Grafton Street. Big campaign, cut out buses, pedestrianise, and that was fought tooth and nail by retailers. It turned into the busiest shopping street or the most expensive shopping street mm. in Europe. And it's been a massive success. When people go to Dublin, you go to Trinity College, Grafton Street area. We should have that in Limerick. Imagine you have the Rugby Museum and outside that you had a, a roofed area which you could very easily have a gallery type effect with the bank across the road and you bring out goalposts and you have kicking competitions and you have coffee being sold and you have all sorts of fun and games. Fantastic. Middle of town. You won't get that anywhere else. Yeah. So ma- imagination. But was it not always going to be the case? You know, politicians ultimately, because of the way it's structured and the fact they need votes, mm. will generally move to the middle when there is a passionate debate on both sides. And that's fine, but don't spin us mm. this rubbish that we're a city that's really looking into the future. This project, now, I remember, again, moving back to when I moved back to Limerick 10 years ago, I think William Street was in the middle, either beginning or in the middle of its redevelopment. And I went down to the library specifically to look for something on what the city was talking about in terms of what William Street would deliver. And there was all this vision and all this grandeur about the new William Street as a spine going up. All mm. it is is taxis, buses, mostly tobacco and cigarette 
vaping shops mm. and a few fast food restaurants with a, with a big issue in terms of transport going up it. So, and then a few flagpoles that every now and again get to put Limerick's branding on it. We didn't look at public realm. We didn't make it a space for people. And that, you, you can argue, was that a success? I see, I see O'Connell Street as it's currently going to, as it's currently going to happen, as William Street Mark II. Mm. It, yeah, well, it depends on, again, what they put in there. And you were saying about the idea of pop-up shops and, you know, people coming in. But you have to kind of do both. You have to get the shops in to get the people, but you have to get the people in to get the shops. So... What do you do with the empty spaces then? Because there's nothing worse than when we were applying for 2020, although I was like, yeah, let's go for 2020 compared to Galway. But we have empty shops on our main thoroughfare. How can you have empty shop fronts on a main thoroughfare and then think that you could get something like 2020? That in my And this is purely just a layperson, yes. uneducated opinion. I was seeing empty shops and I there's nothing worse. There's nothing that kind of deadens the spirit of a city. But, but, but what about the, the <coughs> counter argument that the thing to do now is to embrace the plan make sure it happens. It will be an improvement. Um, Councillors, including Joe Lennon, was with us during the week saying, look, this is something that can be tweaked and moved and changed Mm. and also something that can be done for periods. In other words, close parts of the street and it'll be a flat surface across areas as well that can be very easily pedestrianised for events. But it just seems like they're doing a lot of stuff half-assed, like they've half-assed some other bits and pieces when they tried to do these things and they've not quite gotten there and then they just left it and then that's just what it seems like to me. I just see And I heard Joe Ledden the other day and the first thing I thought, the minute I heard him say about we can tweak this, I thought to myself, why not go brave? Why not go one step further? The way the world is telling us is going, which might be in 20 years time about Mm. less use of cars, more use of public transport, more living within a city centre. That's the way trends are telling us the world is going and if we're going to follow that why not go one step beyond be really really brave and ambitious Mm. and if it fails or if things go pear-shaped then go back a step backwards instead of saying oh well look we'll go in the middle area here now we'll put a few buses up and it won't be as nice as maybe we really could get to but Limerick of course isn't ready yet is it that's the messaging I was being told from the middle people we're not ready for brave visionary approaches yet the messaging the messaging is telling us we are a bold, brave city. Yeah, no, we're they're not, not matching Nigel up. is spot on. You can't please all of the people. Somebody's got to lead. Mm. Set out the dream. We're going to be a progressive, beautiful, attractive city. People will want to come here. And let's do it and get on with it. But the only thing is, did we not elect all these councillors <laughs> in a very recent election? Very recent. The people yeah. of Limerick City and County were aware of a debate around the city centre mm. for years. So there was an election. These are our elected representatives. They were put in place. Mm. These things were presented to them and they made a democratic decision by a significant majority to to go down this road. There's tended to be in Limerick, in my view, having, and and again, you know, I'm not an educated person in transport movement. In fact, I'm not an educated person in urban development either. Mm. And there'd be people who say, what does Nigel Dugdale know? I don't know. I'm just passionate about where I come from. But I'll tell you this much that I can see. My understanding of Limerick and my perception of Limerick over the last 10 years has been that there is a certain demographic within the city centre possibly made up of chamber representatives and certain retailers who have tended to be the go-to people when it comes to making decisions Mm. and they're the people who get listened to in the city centre. I would argue that they're possibly people who've moved on over a couple of generations and might need to be put to pasture and maybe Mm. they need to get younger, more visionary people to be listened to and have that leadership. And I think what's happened is I firmly understand that retailers in Limerick have been struggling, okay? Retailers in Limerick have not been getting the foot falling in. We saw 
Ryan's Jewellers closed recently, a long-standing retail shop. Mm. So we have a fundamental problem in terms of our footfall and our numbers and our retail sector. Mm. As a result of that, the people that do end up being the earpieces and the people who maybe sway decisions are terrified of any brave decision-making yeah. that might stop people coming into town and close but, them but, all together. But to be fair, Nigel, <coughs> there were disagreements even among retailers in Limerick City Centre. There were retailers of all ages and backgrounds who were in favour of the bolder change that you're and talking about. And why is about. our leadership in the local sorry, in the in Limerick Chamber coming out then being... Because, the, because they represented the majority of the Chamber view clearly in that area. Well it's, it's ratepayers and businesses in town, shopkeepers etc say we're paying thousands of euros every year. They're frightened that if there's a change business is affected. And I think they have to be brought along and shown that this could improve mm. matters for everyone. I, I understand that when Little Catherine Street was mooted years ago, apparently I don't remember it with cars going up it. Um, I think I was away at the time. But I understand that one or two key retailers on Little Catherine Street fought tooth and nail to, to go against having that made a pedestrian street. And quietly when I speak to them now, they go... They won't admit they were wrong, mm. but they are watching their tills fill up. Yeah, I, I, I know. And I mean, then we have the Shannon Airport debate as well this week yeah. where, you know, the aforementioned Limerick Chamber and I think whatever people think about the, their views of other things would agree that it was important to go to Dublin and present the case for Shannon Airport because that's another key piece of infrastructure for Limerick. It's not in the city centre, mm. but it's close by. And it looks like it could find itself in very serious trouble very quickly. Well, Shannon Airport is the key to the whole Midwest. It's yeah. the key to industry, connectivity to America. It's so important for the multinationals coming in. There's a massive opportunity here. Dublin is full. It's chock-a-block. Mm. Dublin Airport wants to expand. Shannon Airport is the number two. It has the long runways. Cork doesn't, Knock doesn't. It's Shannon. Mm. You could have a train going from... Limerick, coming from the Midlands, wherever, straight into departures and arrivals in Shannon Airport. The land is vacant. It can be done so easily. This is so simple, but the political will isn't there. It's put it into Dublin, put it into Dublin. Mm. You've really got to look at, at how this country is going to develop. We hear talk about Galway, Cork, Limerick being the alternative to the Dublin sprawl. But really, the politicians have to act and ensure that this happens. Shannon Airport, on its own, without support and without infrastructure is not going to thrive. Let's look at that one. A number of years, about two years ago, I think, what was the biggest lobbying thing that we were doing <coughs> in terms of the next transport thing? It was a motorway to Cork. And I remember hearing Ty Carney put out an argument to say, motorway to Cork, the way Limerick is at the moment, is just suggesting go down to Cork. I right. would see that this motorway to Cork argument is starting to say, do you know what, Cork is not going to be Ireland's second city. There could be a big argument to be made that if that happens... Cork Airport becomes Ireland's second airport and we become in the middle and get down there in an hour and a half but via the motorway. I also then would have to look at, you know, in terms of IDA jobs within the city centre of late. You know, I'm struggling to see over the last two years any city centre IDA jobs that have come in. They're all going out of town into the likes of the Castle Troy um, Industrial Park out there, or Plassey. I'm really worried that 
we're, we're putting out all of these strategies in Limerick at the moment. There are dozens of them. We have food transports. We've, we've transport strategies been worked on. We have food strategies. We have old age friendly strategies. We have a latest one which is on smart. I, I, don't, I couldn't fully understand what was going on in this, this latest one that was announced. We are full of these strategies that are being announced, but none of them are being delivered. And as a result of which, I worry, by the way, 10 years time, we're getting into 2020. We have 10 years to get to 2030. We need to get an opera centre built. We need to get a plan put together for Cleves. And we need to look at getting O'Connell Street done, getting UL into town. I can't see any of that happening at the moment in terms of our um, delivery history. Yeah. It's it's just crazy. I don't know. I mean, I, a friend of mine was, uh, I think Ryanair took out <clears throat> the Bristol flight or something recently from Shannon. And it was just starting to make everyone nervous now because little by little bits were coming out and she would have flown to, to Bristol and it's, she said actually, because they were saying it wasn't a very popular flight, but she had said that actually every flight she's been on to there has been full, you know, so she was just wondering where they're getting their figures from. So I'm just seeing, starting to see rumbles of well, dissension. If you look at you your know. Galway or the Midlands, why would you want to go to Dublin for your flight? Yeah. I mean, no. Shannon is there. What Nigel says about Cork being the second city, true, it's bigger than Limerick, but the airport in Cork doesn't have the long runways and it can't. It's built in the wrong places on a hill. Shannon has it all. I it would just really be happy to see one straight train go directly from Limerick to Cork. I'd be happy out with that. Like, uh, there is none and Cork is so close and even, that's just a bugbear of mine. I this <laughs> with, the, with the Shannon thing coming up and with O'Connell Street and with the 2030 plan in Limerick and, and all of this, th- this argument that's going on at the moment, I really just feel that I've heard you say it, Last Chance Saloon on this show, I think last mm. week. We've been in the Last Chance Saloon for the last two or three years and the narrative is, keep telling the world we're amazing. But yeah. I think that the, there is an argument to say that anybody who talks it down or anyone who goes against this zeitgeist of positivity now is in the wrong place and is being told to shut up. Needs okay. a dynamic move one way or the other, one end of the spectrum well, or the other. This is the best example of the lot that Limerick Today is a forum for all points of view. Um, positive um, and sometimes problematic for people, but yeah. that's the way it is. Listen, thank you very much. That was fascinating. Uh, Nigel Dugdale, Jen Ronan and Ger O'Neill. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.